You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Welcome to the Pixels and Ink Podcast, episode 270, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Mior, and joining me today are Brendan Fry. Hello there. Phil Brown. That's me. And a new guest for today, we've got Brian Calhoun. I don't think I'm a new guest, well, I'm just a sporadic one. Well, a new one for like the last 10 episodes. How's That's that? true, that is, it is new for the last 10 episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Game of the Year 2014, was it? When did I bring the chocolate pot? Was that the last mm-hmm. one? It might have been the last one. Might have been the last one I showed up for. Wow. It's well, been a while. we missed you, Brian. The chocolate pop Welcome was gross. Back. The what? chocolate pop was awesome. It was super gross. In a sense that I never actually drank any, but I just watched all of you, including mm-hmm. Phil. You had some. It was really, it was really You weren't around then, Lisa. I wasn't around that was before for Lisa's time. Mm. But you need to bring me some chocolate pop for the next episode. I can't again. find it anymore. I'm sure they don't make it anymore. This was PC branded chocolate pop for the holidays like what? two or three years ago. It was really bad. It actually mm-hmm. sounds kind of awesome. I need to try it. It sounded great. I agree. Well, all the people that are listening to us need to know about me, and since I haven't been here for a while, is that on Slack, under what I do, I put sarcasm. So, now you know. That's Brian. And knowing's half the battle. (laughs) G.I. Joe. Anyway. You two two had two separate references there, and neither (laughs) of you realized it. I love this. Uh, Well, we're glad to have you, Brian. <laughs> anyway, so let's get on to some uh, game news. So, Brendan, you've got some interesting news about EA uh, sh- shutting down visceral. Games. I really don't. I just know it did shut down. I don't have any news in front of me, Lisa. Okay, so that happened. That happened, and um, <laughs> it was yeah. The like the frustrating thing with that is that they were had been working on a big Star Wars game. For oh a yeah, while. they were. Yeah, wasn't they this uh, Jade Raymond's studio? Yeah. No, no, this was not. This was uh, Amy Henning's studio, I believe. Wasn't that right? I thought it was the same studio. No, I think EA Motive, the one that they're doing the um, Star Wars Battlefront Two, which I'll talk about, is Jade Raymond's studio. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was. Um, they I was the writer director of the Uncharted movies. She yeah. got poached. Yeah. From Uncharted Four to do the Star Wars thing. That's what everyone was saying about this. It's like the unstar- Uncharted. Star Wars combination was coming together. Exactly, yeah. which sounded amazing. Um, and then, yeah, this got shut down, which is obviously a bummer and, um, in terms of that game's development. And also, apparently, at the same time, they've been testing it and have decided to turn it into an RPG um, that they can sell more uh, downloadable yeah. content through, which is really frustrating. Because I thought, like, the combination of... Like, number one, I like linear action games. I do, too. Uh, Me, too. Quite a bit. And um, I thought the combination of, like, the Uncharted-style cinematic action video game storytelling with Star Wars would have been pretty well the greatest thing ever. So mm-hmm. okay. I'm really frustrated. Like, I'm assuming the best set pieces will still be in there, but I just don't like that I'm going to have to walk around and mingle with Jawas for hours at a time in between. Yeah, no Well, kidding. they've already done yeah. the open world thing, and frankly, it didn't fly that well. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I totally am down with the idea of that, but I guess we'll never have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I just hope that some of what the game was initially tended mm-hmm. to be will be there. They've been working on it for so long now. Um, but anyway, it was frustrating to see that. Happen. Also, I'm just uh, Invisible was such a pivotal studio mm-hmm. of the PS2, sorry, PS3 generation. Yeah, they did the Dead Space games, which were incredible, and then uh, Dante's Inferno, which was less incredible. Yeah, that was not a great game. Yeah, that's mm. a shame. There is that. <laughs> what you guys are describing, though, this future of this like highly single player focused game, 
and now they're going to retrofit it for these microtransactions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just sort of getting the Star Wars MMO feel, and I never yeah. played that game, mm-hmm. but I, that kind of is what yeah, I'm is. picturing in my head of mm-hmm. what's going to happen. I know. I've already had it. That's what's frustrating. Yeah. And now they're saying it's just elements they want to incorporate, but like at that point, then you're just like you know adding extensions mm-hmm. onto a house that don't fit it. So anyway, I was kind of like I was kind of worried about this game a little bit because we hadn't it had been announced so long ago and yeah. we'd seen reveal footage of it like two E3s ago and they just hadn't been talking about it in a while. So yeah. anyway, it was frustrating to see that go, but EA is EA. They're gonna. The thing is, EA does some really good stuff, but they also do some weird stuff. Mm. And they really like to have multiplayer experiences so people don't sell back their games. Mm-hmm. They like to have lots of DLC of characters you can buy, etc. They really love to sort of lock up franchises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are so into locking up franchises. They, they love are. that. Yeah. I, I mean, I just like the people what Visceral did, but a lot of the people that worked at Visceral are no longer at Visceral. Like, the people that helped make Dead Space are now with um, Sledgehammer Games working on the Call of Duty franchise. So, mm-hmm. it's not even the same studio it was at the point when Dead Space was coming out. True. So it just kind of was another name. Also, the most 90s metal-loving studio ever with their logo was like a X-ray of a skull with visceral wrote written on it. It yeah, was yeah. It, it was really yeah, dumb. It's pretty badass. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm sad. Hopefully, everyone that... Um, Talented people moved over to different studios, and yeah, I'm sure they will. Yeah. It's just, yeah, frustrating. It Particularly is. since like that game had been mooted as being something important for a it while. It did, yeah. And like, I, it was supposed to be incorporated into the new trilogy before the new trilogy had even been completed. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. and not only that, they're saving it. Like they're trying to retrofit it, which mm-hmm. yeah, somehow feels wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I can't put my finger on why it feels wrong, mm-hmm. but for some reason it kind of feels wrong. You're not wrong. No, no. Very wrong. Oh, well. Wow. Lots of wrongness going on. <laughs> Lots of wrong. Well, that's just, just a shame. It's a shame when any company closes down. But yeah, hopefully, as you said, hopefully the people are able to find uh, new positions elsewhere. Can we classify this as the wrong touch? Yes. Can I go with that? The yeah. wrong touch. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wrong yeah. touch. Bad yeah. touch. Yeah. Bad touch? Mm-hmm. Bad touch? Wrong touch? Bad touch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of that, uh, so there's speaking news. of wrong touching. Speaking of wrong touching, <laughs> that's that's the most organic segue I have had since I started hosting. Just so that you know, pre- Brian, that, that was actually pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> exactly, that was, that was the good. most organic segue I have had. Mm-hmm. Um, we well, are known for a bad touching. Yes. Yeah. What? <laughs> Get out of here, Brian. <laughs> okay. I love you. That was that was really good. What, what's that called? Um, Foley work. Foley work. That was amazing. Did you, did you have a, a, a the the slam in the door? I didn't really like. I wish I had something harder. To slam. You need something. Yeah. You need like a, a clapper. Yeah. The slam in the door. But we'll have that ready for you next time. We'll yes. have like a whole box full of stuff just for your Foley work. Speaking of Foley work, CD Projekt Red. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how that worked, but anyway, so CD Projekt Red um, made some news this week. Uh, they're the company, of course, behind The Witcher. Uh, the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt and it was the latest thing that they put uh, of the yeah. Witcher series that they put out. And they're now working on Cyberpunk. Now, here's the thing. Yeah, well, they've been working on that one for a while. Yeah. So um, they put out a tweet this week kind of making some waves over the fact that uh, re- in recent months they've been receiving a lot of negative reviews from former employees on uh, a job well, rating site called Glassdoor and several other platforms as well. And... I got to read to you guys. Some of these reviews are, wow, 
Um, they're all from anonymous employees, of course, because why would you say this and identify your name? But uh, my favorite one down here was... Uh, one second here. Stop treating your employees like pure resources and hire some real management. Um, and things like, oh, the, the title of this one was just straight up chaos. Stop to waste people's time. Well, remember, it's in Poland, so I'm sure some of these are. Like, please to enjoy. Please to enjoy. Please to waste. Please stop to waste people's time. Mm-hmm. The cons of working there, according to this particular part, the pros are nice parking, free gym card, and good for your CV. But the cons were like chaos with an exclamation mark. <laughs> Management is incompetent, fake goals, lies, low salary. Uh, this other one, this other anonymous person, anonymous software engineer in Warsaw, Poland, says it's a waste of time and energy. Um, and some of the pros are some folks are cool and talented, but usually they quit soon. <laughs> they had a parking lot and the social events were okay they had but a parking the cons lot. they go the on parking There's keeps coming up in this yeah. maybe it's really hard to get parking in I guess it's, it's, I yeah. well in any company have you guys ever worked at a company where like it's hard to park I, I know the for, a former headquarters of CG Magazine was not parking was definitely oh, was, not one of the pros no no yeah. I worked I'm gonna for write, a company write you up on Glassdoor actually Brendan downtown Toronto they charged me 20 bucks a day to park the vehicle during normal business hours but anyway so as you can see, there's like this one, it has like 20 points of cons. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. So this has been a thing that's been going on since uh, September-ish, maybe a little bit earlier than that. And so this week they released a statement over Twitter. Uh, f- so And by they, I mean like the, the CEO and uh, the, co- the, the co-founder and the studio head of CD Projekt Red released a statement saying um, that essentially it's... Uh, a lot of these were fake uh, reviews. Sure, um, intriguing. Yeah, and they said, well, they opened up with saying they don't want to actually, co- they don't normally make comments about this, but seeing as it's a big deal, they're going to say stuff about it. Um, one of the comments was uh, the fact that the employees get overlooked and employees leave. Mm-hmm. So uh, their their comment to that was, well, we. Uh, at the time of the Witcher uh, Wild Hunt 3, they had over 200 employees, and since then they've doubled to 400. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of, you know, change in that respect. So they're, the reason why they, they say that this is a problem is because they don't have the resources to keep track of their employees? All I'm saying is how they're responding to this. Okay. Amazing, That's right? a weird response. They got good uh, parking, though. Yeah, a great parking lot. So... So the response to that is, do people leave? Of course they leave. People, and we wish them well and have respect for both their decision and the feedback they give us was the reason for the departure. And uh, so they and they say that they're constantly trying to listen to people and getting their feedback and trying to improve themselves. Um, they're saying that just because someone, even a high-profile person, leaves, it's uh, not a big deal. And um, my favorite part was down here. So, in comments to the work environment, they want to. Tr- they're, they're, the basic general role into this is they want to try to make this as every game that they make as perfect as possible. Sure. And so the comment continuing that is this approach to making games is not for everyone. It often requires a conscious effort to reinvent the wheel, even if you personally think it already works like a charm. But you know what? We believe in reinventing the wheel every friggin' time. They say friggin' in this release. Okay. Every friggin' time is what makes a better game. 
It's what creates innovation and makes it possible to say that we worked really hard on something and we think it's worth your hard-earned cash. If you make games with a close enough is good enough attitude, you end up in a comfort zone and you know what the magic what magic happens. Now, the other thing that they made a point about this was the fact that uh, they want to also take this opportunity to address the fact that they haven't said much about uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Um, they, at, at the end of the release in one sentence, cyberpunk 2077 is progressing as planned, but we're taking our time. In this case, silence is the cost of making a great game. Okay. So, sure. That's the situation that's going on right now with CD project. Red. It just sounds like they don't know how to listen to their employees. Yeah. Or, or, or incapable of doing that. Well, they're not, if they're complaining, they're obviously not reinventing the wheel. Yes, that's my favorite part because we all know that Super Mother or Super Mario Brothers Two was better than the original because they just totally flipped it on its side. Yeah, of course, yeah. When you reinvite the wheel, everything's better. Doesn't matter yeah. what happens, how it becomes different. That Star Fox uh, Two game that yeah. came out on the uh, Super Redi- Classic, yeah, Super whatever Nintendo, SNES, yeah, Classic Vision, reinvention of the wheel. Yeah, obviously better. That's why they didn't release so it. So much better. So much better. I don't know. I, it, it's it's a really hard call to say what's going on here because there are also there's good reviews on here too. And when I went to check this a couple days ago, there were a lot more positive reviews pushed to the top of the list than there were negative reviews. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's it really kind of depends from on people that. who are afraid of losing their jobs yeah. if they don't actually write a review. Uh, it's, it, but I it's, can see again, that memo going out. If you're working, like I've worked in a big corporation with hundreds of employees before yeah, yeah. too, mm-hmm. and there's going to always be some sort of job dissatisfaction. But if what people are saying over here is true, it's difficult to kind of make that decision unless you're actually there. I worked at a major corporation. Brendan, please do not try I'm and not, guess. I'm not going to guess. In one situation of my employment there, I was cornered in a room by my boss who demanded that I uh, give a detailed breakdown of the pros and cons of that boss's management style. And I lied my ass off. Why would you ever not? I was yeah. just all sunshines and rainbows. Uh, great, great person. Like, I, yeah. as a person, I had absolutely no issues with this person. Wonderful human being. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't going to say anything other than my boss is great to my boss's face. Course, yeah. yeah. That's, he, it, he it doesn't matter. too hard. It doesn't matter how good of a boss or how bad of a boss. Um, and since this person was a human being, I'd probably say like every boss out there, they landed somewhere in the middle of that. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter who who the person is. It's just you want me to say what you think of me or what what you want me to think of you to your face. I'm just going to go with everything's great. Yeah, <laughs> Thank yeah, you very much. That's okay. I'm the reason, but I'm, I'm say that okay to their face. It, absolutely, I totally. But this is an anonymous job site. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, no one's posting, no one, even the positive reviews, you don't post your name on the whole thing. But, I, I, I mean, a lot of the same complaints over and over again are the people in charge don't know much about games, they're playing the politics. And has and, amazing parking. And, ha- and has amazing, amazing parking. parking, yeah. Yeah. They get all the good spots. That's the problem. Yeah, so, well, hopefully something interesting comes of this so that... It's, it's are, unfortunate, but also yeah. the video game sort of industry right yeah. now in terms of actual like manpower and how they use the people that work for them. It's not great. No. Like people working seven days a week, 12 hours a day to bring you what we play on these consoles. Yeah. Yeah. Is it really worth 
that person's life. Especially during crunch time when their their weeks yeah. turn into seventy five hour weeks and sixty yeah. hour weeks and like intense, go intense intense tight tight um, deadlines and things like that. It's 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 a it's a hard industry to keep up morale if you don't have people supporting you. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. So then maybe there's something up this. See. Yeah, we'll find out. I'm sure that if there is something of this, there's going to be more reports like yeah. this coming out. And we'll keep our listeners posted. Good parking. And yeah. good parking. Well, they, they're not getting rid of the parking lot. It's their selling feature. Yeah, exactly. Chaos and good parking. Phil, do you have uh, some film news to go over? <clears throat> I sure do. Let me get that right up here so we can talk all about it. Um, <clears throat> well, I guess the first thing is that... Um, uh, a couple deaths to announce, which is always fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, first up, John Dunsworth, who played Leahy on Trailer Park mm-hmm. Boys Pass, which was a real bummer. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah, Last yeah. Last week. It happened this week. Um, he was 71. Oh. Which I didn't realize. He looked great for mm-hmm. his age. Yeah. I assumed he was at least a decade younger than that. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, it was a shame. He was such a talented, sad. funny guy. Gord Downey, too. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Gord Downey, of course. Of course. Not I actually got news, emotional okay. on that one. <laughs> just joking. Yeah. If, sorry, bummer. Phil. If you just made a tragically hip joke, I'm sorry. It just went over my head. Yeah. yeah <laughs> fair enough. I'm, I apologize. Fair That's, enough. We it, can talk about Prozac if you want. No, it's okay. So yeah, that, <laughs> that was a bummer. Um, and then also um, Umberto Lenzi, uh, the Italian uh, exploitation mm. director who made uh, Cannibal Ferox, aka Make Them Die Slowly, and uh, Nightmare City, and Almost Human. Um, he was uh, a disturbed man. And yes. made disgusting and borderline incompetent films, <laughs> but they're incredible, and um, it's a shame he's dead. Um, but uh, yeah, if you feel like feeling sick to your stomach this weekend, um, find anything with that guy's name on it. And um, Cannibal Ferox is messed up. Sorry in advance. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, bummer he went. Anyway, um, so yeah, so that's the death side of things. On the light side of things. Um, <clears throat> Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Andrew Kevin Rocker, who wrote uh, Seven, yep. uh, is apparently been uh, hired to adapt a lone wolf and cub into a film, which... Oh, I'm like, neat. Yeah, I'm 50-50 on how I feel about yeah. that. I don't know what this is. Lone wolf and cub? I'm, I'm drawing a blank as well. It's like the, the originally most successful manga series. They turned into a film series, Shogun Assassin. I, okay, I sure, that. sure. Oh? Uh, no. The, the Wu Tang Clan samples most a lot of the dialogue from really? Shogun, Shogun Assassin. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like a somehow pop culture, this just became cool, but like okay, a pop culture staple. Yeah, it's about uh, like a, a, a samurai assassin who travels with his like I believe four it, or five year old child. Yeah, and then slaughters people, and the child narrates it and talks about how much damage his father's done. <laughs> Incredible. You guys are supposed to be the one you're supposed how to be the one that likes manga. I don't know how this never hit I, you. I swear you've read this. I have not read Lone Wolf and Cub. Really? Yeah. But you've read Blade of the Immortal but you yes. haven't read Lone Wolf and yes, Cub. Yes, correct. Oh. Interesting. Bizarre. Why is this weird? Because it's like a sacred text. Yeah. I don't even like this stuff and I know it. I don't I'm going to assume yeah. this is like a science fiction fan not watching The Matrix. Yeah. I, I don't like The Matrix all that much too. Yeah. yeah. Well, no one said you had to like The Matrix. I'm just trying to make an analogy here. Yeah. Well, anyway. Screw you guys. That's um, the last time I helped. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I'm iffy as to how I feel about this. Because um, the original is iconic, despite the fact apparently only uh, one of four out of people <laughs> have seen it. Um, but, 
Uh, Actually, wait. Sorry, Lisa. Did you see it or not? We need to get this number. I've never seen the movie. I read the comic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Read the manga. So we we can go one and a half. Yeah. Yeah, How how about that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, But then I, I'm not. As Phil knows, mm-hmm. I, I have a very limited movie vocabulary. Yeah, not, yeah, not a lot of yeah. movies on your part. But you should watch Shogun Assassin if you like okay. Lone Wolf. I'm, I'm going to have to. Crazy. Now I have to. Yeah, Shogun Assassin's great things. because it's, well, like the Lone Wolf and Cub is a film series they made five movies of. Okay. Shogun yeah. Assassin, they edited together the best parts of the first three. <laughs> and, and like really? dubbed it. And like some of the work with Andy Warhol dubbed it. So it all has this very strange soundscape to it. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's basically like all the action scenes from three classic '70s samurai films combined into one what narrative. It's incredible! Really, it's incredible. Really exciting! Oh uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, and I think it's like 80 minutes long as well. It's great. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, that's, it's great. That's that's perfect for my attention span. Yeah, 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 I will yeah. sit through that. It's really really good. But anyway, yeah, I'm iffy on this because like I don't know how it could be possibly be done um, outside of a like feudal Japan samurai concept context, yeah. nor can I imagine a Hollywood studio financing such a thing. But... Well, uh, could be a straight oh, up... oh, no, they could totally do that. It's uh, like, like a, a mob assassin. Now you do, boom, done. Yeah, no, I yeah guess. something... Or, or, well, with, a, with, a, at, with a son that he carries around with him. No, no. So they recently... Horribly traumatized. Probably him. something like that. Yeah. The, uh, you know the movie... What was the, the original Garo movie? Do you, do you know that one, Phil? No. It's an anime movie no, 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 as well. Jogan's Assassin's live action. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah. I'm... I'm Anyway, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho, yeah, yeah. They just recently rebooted the series uh, with, okay. um, and it's set in like uh, present day, maybe slightly future New York. Yeah, okay. And he's like this again, feudal knight mm. who like fights off monsters. Oh yeah, kind of thing. And you, it, it'll totally work. Oh, I know you it totally can. Do something oh, I know it. it can. I just don't know how I feel about doing that. Yeah, it. it could be like a cross country journey kind oh, of yeah. thing. Like, I, I could see like as like I could see Tarantino do it. I mean, yeah. We already said Tarantino's not doing. It's I know Kevin Walker. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying yeah. it's a movie I could see Tarantino. Work oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's in Kill Bill. It, it, it's well, quoted extensively. I, oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, uh, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah. I'm just it's it's odd, especially since like the um, the recent like attempts to adapt anime and manga things in live action have failed so yes. spectacularly, but. Um, Anyway, that's happening. Um, I do like Andrew Kevin Walker, or at least I did in the 90s. Uh, it's been a little while. What's but, the last um, thing you did? I don't know. I kind of lost track after Sleepy Hollow, the Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow. That wasn't good. Yeah, and I don't, I haven't seen his name in a while. But um, anyway, maybe I'll have some crazy twist on it where like Lone Wolf is Cup or something like that. <laughs> but anyway, that's that. That's happening, whether we like it or not. I kind of want that twist now. I know, right? <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, next up is very exciting news. Ron Howard, uh, revealed the title of his Han Solo movie. What's it called? It's Solo? Called Solo. Solo. A Star I Wars story. literally just guessed that. Yeah. Well, what else were they going to call Oh, what? You didn't see it all over every platform no. mm-hmm. of social media all mm-hmm. week? No. I've been moving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad it wasn't spelled like the, uh, Fast and Furious character. Oh, yeah. That Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My favorite Han Solo. Mm-hmm. The best Han Solo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping it would be called Han, comma, Solo. Yeah. yeah that, but, well, that would have been uh, the avant-garde choice. Yeah, 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 but they screwed it up. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, it just it's nice to see that Ron Howard continues to do, like, give us shocking surprises. We've well, never seen he is the most avant-garde director he we have today. He truly is. He's ahead of his time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, uh, Alfonso Cuaron, who made uh, Gravity and Children of Men, yeah. uh, he has a horror series um, that he's been pitching around, uh, starring Kevin Affleck. Uh, current, sorry, starring Casey Affleck. Yeah. Um, no one knows what it's about. It's about a cult, apparently. But beyond that, they won't like say what it is. Um, and I'm 
very excited about it because I love Alfonso Cuaron. I do too. Um, but uh, as to how long it'll take, who knows? His stuff tends to take a long time because it's so ambitious. Like yeah. even now that he did a movie after Gravity that he shot in Mexico, it was supposed to be like a coming of age story. Yeah. Um, so that was supposed to be his like taking time off after yeah. a big technical thing. But even that is now like a, it's going to take like over a year in post-production because he has hell? some sort of visual concept for it that's going to take a while to nail down. Sure, why not? And that was his, like, light movie. So <laughs> as to how long, like, a whole horror series will take, I don't know. But I'm into it because he is incredibly talented. Is it a TV series or a movie series? Yeah, it a TV series. Um, well, I mean, TV series have less production, like, lead time and end time. So. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, I, it sounds like it's a mini-series situation. Oh, then they can take as long as they yeah, want. Yeah, so I think it would be, yeah. But um, anyway, I'm oh. just, it sounds... It's exciting that he's doing that, and uh, I'm I've down. wanted to do something in horror for a long time. So. I'm down to here. I'm very into it, and that's it. That's the end of movie news. Cool. Well, mm-hmm. let's take this opportunity to hear from our sponsors: Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento. The Pixels and Ink Podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Man, I wish I could get new comics every month, but I'm broke and oddly always $5 short. Lame. Wait, five bucks short, you say? Well, I've got something special for you. What the hell was that? It's me, the discount ghost of Coupons Past. Are you scared? What the f- Use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, to get $5 off your next Comic Bento subscription. So wait, if I use the code CGMEG all in caps, all one word, I get $5 off my next Comic Bento? Yes, use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, and get $5 off your next Comic Bento. A whole $5, eh? Now that's scary. Thanks, Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento. All right, movies. Phil, you went to go see some Bad, Bad, and Goods yes, this week? Yes, I saw two horrible movies this week. Oh. Uh, the first is The Snowman, uh, which people have been uh, saying horrible things about uh, so far, um, justifiably so. But, I mean, uh, that, that had a lot of hype going into it. Like, it I feel, uh, People were really excited for that movie. Yeah. And I remember a lot of people like analyzing the trailers. And... Were they? Yeah, I guess the novels were are success- the novels are, uh, successful. The novel series, I should say. Yeah. I'm not familiar with it. Um, I just went in... Uh, um, I mean, like, I wasn't interested in it in as much as um, the cast is really good, and it's by uh, Thomas Alfredson, who did uh, Let the Right One In, and yep. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, who I think is really talented and hasn't done anything in six years, so I was excited to see him do Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy was six years ago. Yeah. yeah. It's been wow. a while, yeah. So I was excited to see what he did with this, and uh, it's horrible. Now, it's worth noting that he, um, instead of promoting the movie, kind of went on an apology tour, <laughs> and, like, uh, and claimed, like, said that he didn't have enough time to shoot, so they didn't get all the footage they need, and they were missing parts of, like, key plot lines that didn't make sense, so they were trying to salvage it in editing, and da-da-da. But I mean, like... I, I I'm I'm sure that's true simply because like the movie like you can just tell that it's been overly edited. They're right. like his his style is very slow and methodical in the other movies, and it's shot in such a way to suggest that that's what this was at one point, but right. no longer is. So stuff just seems to go by too fast or too slow, and it is very sloppy. But I mean, like that's like far from the only right. problem. Uh, the hero's name 
which I guess is some sort of translation thing, is uh, uh, Harry Hole, um, <laughs> which is like a bad a bad start. Um, and he's like a burned out middle aged alcoholic who disappears for drinking on drinking binges and it's supposed to be a mess so he's played by Michael Fassbender well, clearly. So, like, that's who I think of when I think of well, exactly, an yeah. alcoholic like, he has stubble so I guess that <laughs> means he's unhealthy relative to other Michael Fassbender performances <laughs> and uh, the killer um, you see in a prologue uh, which was like for a pop, for like a poppy thriller the prologue is that uh, like a small child uh, sees his mother uh, raped and then beaten in front of him. Okay. And then the person who does that drives away, and the mother gets in a car, and you think he's chasing the person down, but she, in fact, is driving them onto a lake, and she kills herself in front of the kid. Um, and then the kid, while that was all happening, built a snowman. So now when he's a serial killer, he always incorporates snowmans and snowmen into his serial killings. I'm, what? I'm sorry. Why is this bad? Because so far everything you've described is amazing. Yeah, it's not. Um, but uh, it, it sounds really good. It on sounds paper. amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was reading your review, which is up today, mm-hmm. um, and I was trying to look for like through the through our assets for mm-hmm. pictures of it, and I couldn't find. All I saw were pictures of like Michael Fassbender mm. on like a big snowy plane, and then somebody else looking wistfully on a big snowy plane, mm-hmm. and then somebody else looking wistfully from like the stairs overlooking a big snowy yeah, plane, yeah, yeah. like. On paper, mm. the idea sounded amazing. Yeah. Visually, I was finding nothing. Yeah, and like it looks. Yeah, it, it does look pretty. They they did shoot it in Norway where it's where it's set, um, and there are a lot of like great drone uh, helicopter shots of. Ooh, let's talk in, more about that. People in isolated, uncomfortable locations, but um, but yeah, it just really doesn't make much sense as to how it's all put together. Um, it can't seem to decide what tone it is. There are times when it's supposed to be very like somber and serious mm. and thoughtful, and there are times mm. where like they go to a crime scene and like uh, a, a person's head has been put on top of a snowman, which like is disturbing but like really goofy as well. <laughs> and like, but everyone's like, oh, and that doesn't really work um, for what they're trying to do. And do it, they put the effort in? Is it not just like the person behind the snowman? <laughs> Does it look like realistic? Oh yeah, the effects were decent. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's other bits where like. The killer will like shotgun off someone's head and then leave a snow snowman head on top of it, but they always melt down because of the blood and everything, and no one can find it. So you <laughs> identify it later. And this, the killer is also like sending like frowny fa- letters with frowny face snowmen to the to Michael Fassbender, and it yeah, it's a mess. So and then there yeah, and then it doesn't surprise me that there was footage missing because there are like J.K. Simmons is in the movie, and so you think he's going to do something, but then he doesn't. And so <laughs> Same with Toby Jones. Val Kilmer's in it as a second alcoholic detective. And he was, like, they clearly dubbed his voice over. I can't tell if he did it, but it's some of the worst dubbing I've Why ever though? seen. Well, he plays it with a really, like, well, first of all, he, uh, he, he, he looks very different now because he went through, uh, chemo recently. Yeah, because I, I was wondering, looking at, like, some of the, the shots of him specifically, mm. like, um, I, I do follow him on social media because yeah. I have this weird, uh, like, wanting to know what's going on with this guy. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, he's like he looked a lot different than like his like normal everyday shots. Too, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In the film. Yeah, yeah. So he, I think they they looked like they were playing into that. He also looked like he had some sort of mouthpiece on to have jowls. My guess is that as part of this big eccentric performance, he did some sort of goofy voice Probably. that then they decided that, they cannot that go like, with, and then totally it was something else the on top of it. It was the Bane voice the entire time. Yeah, something like that. But 
No, please, please, please tell me he did Doc Holiday. No, I wanted no. Doc Holiday the entire nice. time. But anyway, it's just incredibly distracting every time he's on screen. Um, and they like you can tell they know it's bad because a lot of the times. <laughs> Like they'll awkwardly cut so that when he's saying words, you don't see his lips. But then sometimes it does, and you can tell it's very messy. So, um, yeah, it's a mess. But at the same time, like it is like on a technical level quite pretty, and it's also bad in a way that's like fun because mm-hmm. it's insane. It sounds like yeah, it, though. it's insane, and I think it will be like one that um, like bad movie podcasts and so forth will pick up on right. and have a lot of fun with. And so two, two years from now, how did this get made? Or exactly. Cover this? Yeah. But no, now let me ask you, you mentioned that the director was talking about how they didn't have time to shoot everything. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they had a lot of money in this film. Why mm-hmm. didn't they have time to finish everything? Uh, unclear. Like he said that it was a very bizarre production where like they were just suddenly told they had the money and they had to go after like spending years trying to get it made. And then they sort of rushed out to shoot it. And then, at a certain point, they were told they had to stop shooting. And they're like, well, we have, like, several days. We need to film. And they're like, no, 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 you're done. you got to come back. It just like a very... Wait, was this okay. filmed by, like, Jack Black in that King Kong film? I don't know what was going on. Like, we don't have the tour. You have to yeah. leave now. I don't know what's going on. It wouldn't surprise me if, like, the movie just ended up at Universal. It wasn't actually intended to be oh. a Universal movie. Because all the actors, aside from J.K. Simmons and, I suppose, Val Kilmer, are, you know, like, European mm. British actors. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was money. Done overseas, certainly like Alfredson had never worked outside of overseas before, so it could have just been a situation like that. But um, I mean, it doesn't matter. The point is, it's garbage, and no, it's, it was, it's a shame. Good. It's really a shame. That's too bad. Um, I mean, like, I don't know if it would have been better because, yeah, I mean, it's really silly. Yeah, I was thinking watching it. It's hard to think of them the last time a really good like detective versus serial killer movie mm. came out. It's got to be. I don't think there's been one since the nineties. Not a good one. No. So I'm trying to think of what was the one with uh, Al Pacino in the like Insomnia. Arctic, Insomnia. Yeah. And that, that was, was that was um really, two thousand, yeah. Really um not great. Yeah, I kinda like that one. But I liked aspects of it. Yeah. I liked ideas of it, but some parts of it dragged so Yeah, what well, was a remake of a European movie you probably like better. Mm-hmm. Um but we'll talk about that later. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but, but um but anyway, so that's not great. Um, and then the other one I saw this week that also wasn't very good is Leatherface, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. So they get, they do this every few years. Um, I imagine it'll happen even more now that Toby Hooper's gone. Mm -hmm. Um, they, some studio buys the rights to Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then just keeps making disappointing sequels, um, until the, the rights expire. This one is both the second Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel to be called Leatherface and the second time they've done a prequel as well. Neither of those were the same movie before. So, low on ideas. Um, it's, um, yeah, so it's, uh, was der- it starts um, with the best scene in the movie, which is uh, a, like, family birthday party uh, where they, uh, where it seems like a creepy party for this little kid in a mask, and then they reveal, like, there's a cop tied to a table, and then, like, after blowing up the candles, the little kid kills the cop with a chainsaw. Of course. And it's uh, a pretty good start to a movie. Yeah. But it goes downhill after that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it ends up being the, uh, yeah, because that's supposed to be the Sawyer family, is run by Lily Tomlin, who's the matriarch, who they've slowly, over the last few Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequels, tried to make that a thing, where it was the mother of the family was the evilest one, but it doesn't really work. Um, and anyway, the, the moral of the story is the kids get taken away. Years later, the kids are in an insane asylum and they break out with a few other inmates, kidnap a nurse, and go on the run. So this is actually a serial killer on the run movie, not a horror movie. Um, there's one clever aspect to it on a storyteller perspective, which is that 
Um, you're never quite sure which one is Leatherface. So, you know, this will be the origin of Leatherface. Yeah. It's unclear who it is. Um, and, they, and the people who, person who you keep thinking it is keeps dying, which is kind of a clever <laughs> idea. Um, but ultimately, like, it just felt very confused mm-hmm. as to, like, I understand, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is such an, like, unconventional horror movie on a certain level um, that, like, it's, you know, it feels very stripped down and realistic and there aren't a lot of gothic or exaggerated elements to it. Um, so I can understand why they'd want to sort of fuse that with a crime movie, but it just feels like something that, like, the people that like the type of serial killer on the run movie it is will not see it because it's called Leatherface. And the people right. who like Tessa Massacre will ultimately just be confused as to why they went this way. Um, it was by uh, co-directors, French directors, named uh, Alexandra Bustillo and Julian Murray, who did Inside a few years ago. I don't know if you ever saw that one. The Disney film? No, Inside. No, okay. it was a really good French horror film from years ago. For years ago, but uh, it was all set in one location with a pregnant woman who's about to give birth, and her nurse going crazy decides she was going to take the child out and kill it before the baby was born. It's fantastic, mm-hmm. but um, they haven't really done a lot of good stuff since then. This is their American debut, and it looks great and has like very good gore relative to how contemporary movies go. But it's ultimately kind of disappointing, um, and it's a shame because I adore like. The original, the first two Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, um, and the remake, and uh, but it's it really is in terms of batting averages one of the worst franchises, horror franchises by yeah. far, and so this is just another crappy one, um, and it's a bummer because it's Halloween. It would have been nice to have a good one. What would you rank it on the that? Need for Speed scale? Oh, I mean. Yeah, it's worse than Need for Speed. Okay. <laughs> That's basically the Need for uh, Speed scale that I always enforce on you. Yeah. Every enough. time we talk about a movie, is it better or worse than Need for Speed? Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, Need for Speed is a bad movie. It's also a really stupid movie. Yeah, very stupid. Yeah. It was one of the early Michael Keaton comeback movies, though. So was it? Was oh, it was. My part, he played the... What did he play? He's the guy that was like, he ran the races and announced them. Yeah. And, and was like and just financed a, everything. It and was just, very confused. And he just sat in like a recording studio the entire time. Pretty yeah, much, yeah. In his mansion. The race was called the De Leon. Oh right, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and he was the founder and uh, broadcaster of the De Leon. I love how he kept like saying, "What will happen? Will they allow this?" I'm like, "You are the guy that <laughs> yeah. makes the rules. Yeah, yeah. You you run the race, you organize the race, so that makes you the marshal. So mm-hmm. I guess you could just say yes, that's yeah. allowed. He never did. He's like, "Wonder what's going to happen? Will this? Will they allow this?" In I'm like, "You're the guy that allows it." Well, this was the race that was about American rubber that didn't have any actual no, American cars in the no, race. No, they were all uh, modern cars. Oh, yeah. It was dumb. They're all yeah. European sports cars. It was a dumb movie, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't very good. It was, but it, it's my cultural touchstone for the I movie universe, so yeah, yeah, yeah. this is why I always have to break out the Need for Speed scale. I hear you. I hear you. Now, this is both the Snowman and Leatherface are worse than Need for Speed, unfortunately. Wow. But Which is a shame. Was... Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, I just yeah. got to get this out. The Snowman film that you're talking about? Yeah. Sounds amazing. Yeah, it's not. It really does. It sounds awesome. I, I, I completely bow down to your opinion on it. Mm-hmm. I'm not arguing with you that mm-hmm. it's a good film. It just, on paper, it just sounds incredible. Could you just watch it for, like, camp value? Like, oh, yeah, it's funny. Okay, so yeah. so it is salvageable. Like, it's enjoyable. I've okay. seen worse. It's hard. Like, Leatherface is definitely harder to get through. Um, it's Yeah, it's at least fun in how bad it is. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. uh, bad. Mm. Very bad. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so talk talking. about a good movie. Yeah, yeah. So a good movie that I saw that, that's uh, not in theaters this week, but is on iTunes and various VOD services is uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99, um, which is a film I talked about briefly back when we did our tip coverage. 
Um, it's out now. It's a shame it's not in theaters, but what can you do? So it's by uh, written and directed by S. Craig Zoller, who made Bone Tomahawk a few years ago. It's a dark movie. Yeah, which is a great, great film. Um, and I was very excited to see it. It was like a, it was a cannibal horror western with uh, Kurt Russell. Mm. is fantastic if those were a combination of words sound appealing to you mm. at all. Um, and so this is a prison movie. Uh, it stars Vince Vaughn um, as uh, kind of like a Leave Marvin stoic, violent, mm. uh, anti-hero type character, which was bizarre to see. So yeah, the opening scene is um, uh, Steve Zahn gets fired and comes home and his wife, finds out that his wife was cheating on him. So then he promptly like destroys his car with his bare hands. And then goes in As you and, do. and very calmly says, what was wrong? How can I help? And then mends the relationship. So he's a complicated guy. Yeah. So then we jump ahead years later. He'd been working for a drug dealer to make money to support his now pregnant wife. And things have been going well. Um, they've been very successful to the point where the drug dealer that he works for asked him to help uh, supervise this first deal with a new Mexican drug a cartel drug connection, which would mm-hmm. be big for the organization. And it goes wrong, as you'd expect, and he ends up in prison. And then on his first day in prison, he gets uh, called down to the visitor room being told that uh, his wife's doctor's there and wants to discuss the pregnancy. And he gets down in there and Udo Kier is there, the creepy German character actor, yeah. who uh, shows him a picture of his pregnant wife on his cell phone and explains that they've kidnapped the wife and that they will abort the child and send him the body and send him the fetus unless he uh, kills someone in cell block 99. The catch there being that cell block 99 isn't in his prison. It's in a higher security prison. So he'll have to do enough damage to get transferred to that prison. Okay, as you find do. find person and kill yeah. them. So it's pretty intense. Um, it's, yeah, it, uh, Zoller, uh, he definitely is working in a very, like, hard-edged uh, exploitation movie uh, world, which I really enjoy. But he also uh, takes his time, treats it very seriously. I mean, seriously to an extent. It is a funny movie. And that's sort of like Vince Bond works because he's... Yeah, he is a, like a violent anti-hero, but he also got some very terse one-liners in as well, in a different way than you've seen him. And he's fantastic. And you, you know, sort of forget Vince Vaughn's like six five and kind of an intimidating guy as well. So that yeah. all works. But anyway, um, it's a movie that takes his time. It's a very slow burn, but then once he Vince Vaughn starts doing the dark things that he's told to done, it very much turns into like a journey to hell allegory, and things get very, very dark, and the world world gets surreal and nightmarish and at a certain point Don Johnson shows up and is horrifying and uh, I can't uh, yeah I can't recommend it enough for people who like uh, dark thrillers dark comedies and horror films it sort of blurs the line between the hmm. three and uh, yeah the last like 20 minutes um, are enough that I'll never look at Vince Vaughn that dark? or Don Johnson the same way again what has Don Johnson done? To. Don Johnson? yeah he was on Miami Vice uh, okay yeah and uh, Eastbound and Down yeah and yeah. Uh, had shown show in the nineties where he's a detective in Hawaii or something. Oh, okay. That's he's like know. a trash celebrity mostly. Fair enough. But uh anyway, um yeah, that's a great flick. I highly recommend it. Um it's a bummer it's not in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um considering all the crap that is in theaters this weekend. Oh yeah. What can you do? Is it ever gonna come to theaters? No. Oh. No. Well that sucks. It is. I can understand why though. Is it would it be a, a hard little... it's a hard sell. Yeah. It's not gonna be a big hit. Most people are going to be angry and upset after they see it. <laughs> but um, it's a good one. That's fair enough. Not even mm-hmm. Vince Vaughn can save the ticket? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. I think most people that would buy a ticket to see a Vince Vaughn movie <laughs> would just... be really upset by that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Be really, really upset by what they what he does. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well. It's that dark? 
Yeah. Mm. It's fantastic. Well, at least you got to see one good movie. Thank you. Talk yeah. about one good movie. It was a big step for in the right direction, yeah. And you have a slew of ones you haven't really enjoyed, I've it's noticed. It's been a rough, uh, r- rough patch lately. I'm really sorry about that. Hopefully it's the okay. next week is going to be great for you. It's okay. I'll, I'll find a way to get by. Yeah. So, what games you guys all been playing? How about you, Brendan? You were in, uh, speaking of EA, you were in uh, Montreal this week. Yeah, I was at EA at EA Motive, which is Jade Raymond's new studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, got, I was seeing the single-player campaign section of uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. I got to uh, play the first three chapters. Or technically, I get to play the first, second, and then fourth chapters on that. You they, sound excited about this capability. Um, this, this chance you had to go and play this brand new game that is out, like, not out yet. That their EA is literally, like, YouTube ads left and right about this campaign. And you sound very excited. It's the thing. I I think it could be really neat. I think they've done some really good things with the characters. I think they've done some really good things with the placement of how you're kind of part of the Empire. And they kind of try to show a different side of how people work. So it it doesn't, it's from the point of view of troops on the ground. In in most Star Wars experiences, they make the stormtroopers kind of nameless soldiers that have all kind of interchangeable. In this one, they give them all individual voices. They they all have different motivations. You kind of see them like asking for help as you kind of walk by. And it's like the that. band of brothers of the future, kind of, kind of like that. Um, it's trying to show that the uh, empire is human too, in a way. Okay, I, I think they did some really good things with that. It's just the fact that it's it's supposed to be like a five to seven hour experience, and I can see why because I blew through the first. Three or so campaign, uh, three or four, four uh, so chapters in about an hour and twenty. All right. that, that's an interesting direction. I, w- I was not expecting EA stance on the dark side to be that there's very good people among them. But hey, that, that's what it is. That's one hundred percent what it is. If that's what they want to go for, like, perhaps the wrong time to push that agenda. But yeah, I mean, I'm not a multinational <laughs> video game corporation. What do I know? Yeah, it's not. It's not a great message. Uh, but I think it's trying to show that there's good people within any empire type thing like that. Your yeah. words, not mine. Yeah, it's it's a thing. The uh, well, multiplayer beta seemed okay, though. Yeah, I played that yeah. for a while, and it, the shooting worked, and like, the thing, it, like, flew the plane. It, and, it's built on the Battlefield engine. It's built on the Battlefield mm-hmm. concept. So it all it all works as you'd want. The single player felt tight. It felt like a well-built single player campaign. They have characters. They have cutscenes. It all looks pretty. It all works well. I, I just, I, I don't... Like much Call of uh, Call of Duty campaigns, I don't know who's buying it for the single player, mm-hmm. and the people that are buying it for the single player don't really want that sort of single player that's that short. Yeah, yeah, that's five to seven hours. You can finish that in the afternoon. Yeah, but I and mean, that's confirmed. The, but I mean, the last no, battle, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. the last right. battlefront just felt slight by virtue it didn't have any exactly yeah so like and the fact they're doing any putting in an yeah exactly. anything that's even playable i'm happy with yeah 70 bucks for just multiplayer is ridiculous oh no i agree uh, yeah. it, it's more the fact that it feels that it could have been more like mm-hmm. it, it feels like they could have added a few more missions and made it like an eight, a full eight hour campaign mm-hmm. like the five to seven like if you can finish the game in five hours that's literally an afternoon yeah like an eight hour campaign that's a solid day of hard playing yeah Five, you can you can you know kind of sit down in the morning and be done for dinner. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, if it's a good five, that's fine. Yeah, the I mean, the first the time, like it's, they're selling the multiplayer. That's yeah, exactly. Purpose, yeah. And will there be like DLC? Are they planning all that kind of oh, stuff? Oh, who knows? There's probably. Probably. Yeah. Like, I mean, the only reason why you would do that 
is that you were planning for some installments to be purchased yeah, yeah. at a later date or seasons pass or, or something maybe it, like that. maybe it finished the story up. I also think the main character they've put out is actually a good character. Like they've made her like she has some depth. They have given her so she has motivation. They're talking about how. Uh, they kind of present the rebels as more of just kind of like a ruthless group that are trying to like tear down like their home. So they've done interesting things there, but you're right, Brian, it, it could be, it, it might not be there, the time for this story. There may, there may or may not be very good people among the dark side of the force. Who knows? But uh, Lisa, to your point, I would say that's probably not going to be DLC because they are leaning heavily into loot boxes. Mm. Oh. Yes, they and are. if they're going to lean heavily into loot boxes. Why not both, Brian? Well, because... They will probably make the money that they'd make off DLC off loot boxes for and a this, lot less effort. Yeah, they just make a new costume and you can get you might be able to get it if you try hard enough. Now you have uh Princess Leia in her bikini, so what else do you need? Mm-hmm. True. And models are cheap to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well or, or relatively speaking. Yeah. No need for a sequel. Just keep making DLC. Like for the single No, because they can Is sell. the multiplayer successful? They they basically kept the same engine for this game, so like okay, I've got nothing then. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of an upside of a five hour single player, but yeah, and you've fine. played it now. How many times have you played the single player? Because you played this m- multiple. I played the first mission before, I believe. I think it was the first mission, and then I played this. Is I played straight through. I basically mission to mission mission, and, I, and then I saw the uh, cutscene for the start of the next mission after replay this. value of it. Oh no, it's not. None, none I mean, whatsoever. Like, it's it's pr- like most battlefront games or battlefield games have kind of a open field to them, and you can kind of see how you can do it different ways. This one mm-hmm. basically you can do it maybe with sniping or maybe with running gun, and that's about all yeah. you got. Yeah, the biggest map on the uh, beta was that Theed yeah. Plaza, mm. and that seemed pretty. pretty it, it didn't have actual uh, corridors, but it kind of yeah. felt like it had corridors because no, you couldn't go down the center because that damn. Yeah. Tank thing was in the center, and in in the single player you had full on corridors, like you were on spaceships and stuff like that. Knock knock, who's there? Yeah, so I mean, like, there's very limited replay value because there's only so many ways you can go, especially in the earliest section of the game. I might later in the game they might have more open world type settings where you have like you can kind of do missions how you want, but early part of the game it is pretty linear in how you do it. Well, I mean, this was going to be how do you put it a a new direction for them, and yeah, it's fine. that's that, that's not always a guarantee that's going to be a good direction. No, I think it's better than the the battlefront, the first battlefront. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if it's going far enough because ba- if you look, okay, look, look at, at apples to apples here. Um, Call of Duty has like two studios working on their campaigns, and usually they're like ten to fifteen hours, give or take, for the Call of Duty campaigns. I think that might be a little too high. I think you're looking more like six. No, they're, they're more now because the last one I think was eight to ten. Okay, well, why not just flip over this table yeah. and we'll fight about it? <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed that they're, they they feel a little shorter than that. Okay, they might be shorter than that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's completely standard, and that's what the people people expect in uh, out of multiplayer games nowadays. Well, ninety percent of the studios say that people don't even finish the campaign of yeah. a game like this. So. Uh, quite often, they feel like it's a waste of resources. That's fair. I mean, like that is fair. you pay actors, you have to pay like level designers, you have to pay like scripters and all this other stuff. You have to rent that motion caption studio that uh, Ubisoft Toronto has. I think EA has their own. Maybe <laughs> who knows? It's probably in several of their studios. I just know that a lot of studios rent that motion caption yeah. studio. So who knows? Who knows who's renting it? I don't know. Yeah, eh, it was it was it was neat. It was neat. I think the the. Combat command mechanics are really well done. I think the it looks stunning. 
Oh, when I was playing the multiplayer beta, playing as sort of this heavy trooper that yeah. has the big laser gun, mm. was very fun and made me wonder why the heck anyone else would play anything else in that game. Because yeah. that gun seemed extremely accurate for yeah. its size, and it held a lot of these laser bolt things that came out of the other end. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I think it, it, I'd play more. It's well built. Um, yeah, yeah, that's all I have to say about that one. Cool. Brian, uh, you got a couple games you want to talk about. Yeah, which do you want to hear about first? Because uh, well, one okay. is weird, one you is weird. You are very excited about your impressions of Gran Turismo. I know you haven't played the game, but... They're not my impressions. That's what we should get out. Your like, comments okay. about Gran Turismo. Your comments about Gran Turismo, go for it. Okay, so as a racing fan, uh, I grew up go-karting. I race drones in my spare time right now. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to a brand new opening of a brand new indoor complex uh, I think it's in the Brampton uh, Fairgrounds, in order to actually race in this brand new indoor drone racing thing. That's how much of a racer I am. So when Gran Turismo came out, it kind of seemed like an expansion to me. Like, it's hard to say because you were looking at the number of tracks they had and the number of cars they had. and It's very small compared mm. to normal racing games that come out with hundreds of cars mm. and hundreds of tracks. And now... You have, I think, a Gran Turismo Sport. I think the number is 150 cars and 40 tracks. It's not very many. And not exactly 40 complete tracks. Some of them are variants of other tracks. Yeah. And some of the 150 cars are variants of other cars. So it's not exactly really 150 cars. So it just kind of seemed like the smaller focus thing that they were going to do. And I did not know what the focus was until the game came out and people started talking about it. And it turns out the, fork is, the, the focus is to try to force you to race to their criteria, which... It is kind of the holy grail of trying to solve the problems in racing games. How many here have played uh, a racing game recently? Please, show yeah. of hands. Okay, uh, online, anyone? Online? No, I've never really played games online. Okay, so everyone's kind of an off- offline racer, so you would not have the same experience as I have. Um, like when I reviewed the last uh, Forza game, Forza Motorsports 6, I think it was, for mm. your website, Brendan. Uh, I can describe every race as it starts off, you all drive in the first corner, Half the people do not use their brakes and just fly away. and slam into the back of the other people who are in front of them. Everyone piles up, and you either are the first or second car to make it through before the mm. accident happens, or the last cars to make it through after the accident happens. Mm. Everyone else, they are not going to really finish the race because I mean they've already been wrecked out. Um, so it's been an issue that has been hard to solve. Yeah. One to the point that hasn't really been solved. So here is uh, Polyphony, the people who make the Gran Turismo. Uh, franchise trying to solve that by creating this mode which is not really the single player or not not like the focus of the game Mm -hmm. but also it's kind of the only place where you can match make for online racing easily Mm -hmm. um and what they've done is they've integrated a whole bunch like youtube videos and um sort of these one-off educational attempts time trials if you will Mm -hmm. it's hard to explain but these um little sections of the game to try and teach you how to be a better driver Right, right and then they put you in online races and they grade how good of a driver you are, mm-hmm. which is almost impossible to do because even when there's like actual people at an actual race, like trying to judge yeah. people, mistakes are made. Of course. So you put all this emphasis on people being judged by this computer and racing properly. <laughs> and you can imagine mistakes have been made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really pissing off a lot of people. Uh, quite often people be knocked you know, off the track by someone else and they will lose points. They are, they are the victims in the situation, but they are judged harshly by this computer program that's oh. not really that intelligent. Yeah. It only registers contact, so everyone loses points. That's super weird. Um, yes, things you can lose uh, points for are blocking other cars, which 
you know, that is a problem in racing. Crashes, cutting corners, stuff like that. Uh, the game can knock your sort of point totals down. Um, if your point total goes down and you're considered sort of a bad driver, they can ban you from online play. What? They can erase your achievements in the game, not your actual achievements, but like, let's say, um, race time trials you do, right? Yeah. Uh, lap times. Mm. They can erase those. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. No, they're, they have developed a game where they really want to come down hard on the people who don't drive good. But the problem is you don't actually need like a license or anything or say years of practice yeah. in order to get into this game. So people buy this game thinking, oh, this is the next like yeah. uh, Gran Turismo game. And they jump on board and they play like they played other, every other racing game. That's when problems happen. Weird. Yeah. So in a situation where tempers are already high, because mm-hmm. it quite often happens in racing games, I have... I've thrown more than one controller because somebody knocked me off the track, mm-hmm. and they are major jerks. <laughs> you also put in this other sort of level of it where you are being judged by the game, and you are being uh, discredited by the yeah. game right. because you were just the guy that got hit. Yeah, that oh. sounds like it's going to alienate a lot of fans. So, and, and the weird thing, another weird thing is that uh, races start in their schedule, there which I know. do appreciate because it gives hmm. you some time to get in there, do some practice laps, put down some. Lap times, try and qualify. As a racing enthusiast, I like this idea. Yeah, yeah. I don't think everyone will enjoy that because races start on their clock, not yours. Yeah. What? They have the servers. Races start every 20 minutes. You practice before then. So if you come in 19 minutes before the game starts, before the race starts, yeah. you're just doing laps. Which... That just sounds like every other MMO, like raid thing. But I don't I've want seen. that in a racing game. I don't want that in a racing game. I wouldn't mind it because it gives me a chance to practice laps, practice my sure. cornering. Uh, quite often there are corners, even on the best tracks that I'm, I'm the greatest at, Watkins Glen, in mm. any racing game. I will destroy you. Come at me, bro. Get your weak <laughs> shit off my track. Um, but there are, there are corners in that I even I could use some practice on before every race. Yeah, yeah. So I would enjoy that. But yeah. I'm not the average person. Also, do you want to do 20 minutes of that as you want to have a quick gameplay session? I guess there's no 20 minutes down. could even like if I need to get like a quick race in 20 minutes could be even extreme for me. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, so, I guess there's no quick multiplayer. There is there is multiplayer away from this. But like I said, these are not my opinions. These are just things that I've read. I've that's done fair. research on this game. Okay. So I want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. These are not my opinions. These are just the comments I've read from other people. Mm. Um, so apparently there are other modes that will allow you to race you know, away from the stuff. Right, right. Yeah. But they're not easy to really access. That's weird. Okay. Hmm. They're very hard to get into. This sounds like an odd choice for this series. Yeah. I I actually, I understand what they're going for. They're making a side project that, you know, here is a studio that's focused on racing for years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like PlayStation 1 yeah, era yeah. is when we're starting that polyphony start making racing games. Yeah. So years and years and years and years of people telling them that, the majority of the people that race online are garbage. Yeah. And they're ruining the fun for like the 10% that are amazing. So here's a game for them. Here's a game for the 1% plus the other nine. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I love that idea. As a racing fan, Yeah, I want to be in that situation. I would love to like participate in iRacing, which is kind of the pinnacle of this sort of idea. Yeah. But I don't have the $1,000 to lay down for the rig, yeah. a computer rig that would play iRacing. So here is but, a 
a chance for me to get into that market. But and I love it, but it's not for the masses. Yeah, well, I know I totally get that because I've, I've been following Gran Turismo for a while. I'll, well, basically since PlayStation One, and it seems to be that was the the direction they wanted to go with this. It just kept getting more and more geared towards people who enjoyed actual racing and wanted more of a racing sim than mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. a racing game, you know, kind of thing. So it's kind of neat to see that that's happening. And and I personally love the idea. But I do have a problem with it. I have two problems with it. One, this is a very niche sort of direction for them to go in a situation where we are seeing, for example, EA closing a major studio Mm -hmm. because they're not happy with the direction it's going on because it's it's not going to be, you know, a mass market enough enough for them to do it. And that's a problem. And two, they are trying something without the tools in place in order to properly manage it. Yeah, but that's... Honestly, that's how a lot of that stuff gets going. And that and, and disorganization and implementing a new thing is the downfall of, like, the, the kiss of death of basically any new direction that any company will go. And I'm, I, Yeah, and I understand what you mean. I mean, it's not exactly easy to create new ideas and put them out there mm-hmm. because of the, the resources, the money, the people, stuff like that. These are hard things to convince major corporations to spend money on. And somehow someone managed to convince somebody to do this, but you are trying to implement the system, which seems very aggressive in its uh, punishment. And the thing doing the punishing is not the best judged character. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, well, if this is successful, hopefully they'll they'll work on figuring out better ways of implementing the system. I'm sure as the game goes on, they'll find lots of user feedback that'll help yeah, yeah. improve because they're, they're really good at that about that sort of thing i found in their previous games i mean so i i hope so but i just don't think that the AI technology that we have currently is, is smart be, enough to yeah. do that yeah mm. well we'll see we'll have to see you also played a game uh for us from rebellion uh rogue trooper redux just came out yeah speaking of weird business choices <laughs> like we live in a world, at least in North American society, where Judge Dredd is kind of just popular enough to get a very low budget like movie yeah. starring Carl uh, Urban. Mm-hmm. And probably a, an equally low budget movie that starred Sylvester Stallone. And there's also a TV series, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. When did that happen? Uh, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Oh, it's coming? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I don't think that Rogue Trooper has the same sort of fan base in North America. Is that also part of the same universe? It's part of the same universe. In fact, in the game, there's like a metal bar called Dread Metal and it's spelt like Judge Dread. Okay. So, same same universe, I guess. Well, I, I, Rebellion I, I don't owns know. the universe. Yes. Yeah. No, I, 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 like, I understand that it's made by the same people who, who do, do Dread because that's why I brought Dread up. I, in fact, I own a copy of Judge Dread versus Judge Death, which I bought with my own money like a long time ago. But the point I want to get to is that I don't think the Rogue, Tro- Rogue Trooper franchise has the same pull. In fact, when the game came out originally in 2006, I don't remember there being much coverage for it. No, I don't think it was. No. Uh, the, it just seems like a weird choice, right, for them to come and, uh, how do I put it, reboot a game that just doesn't seem like it, it deserves or has the market for a reboot, which is already kind of hard when you consider how far video games have come along. I guess my big problem with Rogue Trooper is trying to figure out exactly how I should judge it. Do I judge it by 2006 terms or do I th- do it by 2017? 2006 seems like a lot nicer to the game 
far friendlier to the franchise and like the material that I'm working with, well, but not very it, accurate. In is, 2017, my judging that way would destroy the game. Is it a remaster game. or is it a is it like is it a total like reinvention of the whole thing or is no. it just a remaster? It's called Redux. It's a remaster. Yeah, so it's just a re- exactly. So they, you, would, you would judge the game as like is it is the remaster giving bringing anything more to the title, right? Yeah, and they did add a few things like there's sort of your your standard wave-based horde mode mm-hmm. uh which is ironic cuz Rogue Trooper came out in like 6 months. Maybe it was 2007 when Rogue Trooper came out, the original one. Yeah. It was literally like 7 months before Gears of War came out. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of weird that there is this horde mode in the game and I I can go through like the game and give you exactly every detail about the yeah. game and tell you what I think about, but it all comes down to the fact that it's it's not really it's it's out of time. It's of yeah. it's of a time and place a long time ago, and I find it to be quite frankly boring to play. But is it going to be appealing to the people that actually did like the franchise, did like the title? Like, is this remaster? Now think of it this way. All right, imagine it was a game that you were a huge fan of. Okay, all right? and it was a remastered version of that, and uh, think of it in terms in that of that. Are those people who were a big fan of that going to enjoy this remastered vision, like version? Is this going to be kind of li- living up to their expectations? Because I mean, as reviewers, I mean, that's kind of our critical eye. We have to look at it that way and not resolve, right? Yeah, but I mean, if if you just wanted to play that game, why not go to a bargain bin, buy the original Rogue Trooper for like the five to two dollars that they would charge you for? I love that you're bringing this up because I'm going to bring up my. Because I'm playing a re- I just recently played a remaster uh, at a Square Enix event in Tor- that happened in Toronto. Um, I just played the Secret of Mas- Mana remaster, and I, I had the same idea when you're when you're doing that. Like, I have Secret of Mana right. I can literally point to it within like a reaching distance, and I played it a whole many times. And why wouldn't I play that one over playing a remaster? Because my the remaster version gave me some more things that I didn't have from the original version. Like it's prettier. Mm-hmm. It's uh, even, I could even that this. even that was a re-release though. Pardon? That's the PS1 version of Secret of Mana. So that would be oh like, yeah, even that was a yeah. re-release from like Famicom. So let's not go into that one. But what I'm saying is, it's still it was pr- it, like a playing. If I'm going to pick up a remaster, I want to pick it up because it's going to be pretty. It's going to uh, contribute some extra things. Like the Secret of Mana has some extra cut like fully animated cutscenes with voice acting. There's a fully revamped uh, soundtrack, and it was just an enjoyable experience. It ran as and it's running as good as the game was when I first originally played it. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm saying, like, is the remaster contributing something to the fan base? Like, because those are who are gonna, those are the people that are going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, right? he, here is what's new for Rogue Trooper. This is the mm-hmm. little flashcard you sent me that apparently I'm guessing you got from the people who from Rebellion. Yeah. From Rebellion. Okay. Um, so remastered visuals, which I will have to admit that for a game from 2007. Yeah. I can't fault the way it looks. I think that they did a decent job with what they had to do, what they had, to, what they could do with this game. Mm-hmm. Is it of a standard of today's video games? No, but I will give them this. No. Like, it, it's looks it looks good when you put it into context that this is a game from two thousand seven. Right. Um, they revamped the core system, or the sorry, the cover system, which uh, the cover system is not great. A big problem with Rogue Trooper is that it feels clumsy. Mm-hmm. The shooting is clumsy. Uh, the AI just stands there. It literally just stands there waiting to be shot most times. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, mm. 
the, the the ability to dive left or right is actually really responsive. Yeah. But beyond that, the controls themselves, they just they don't feel, feel sluggish. Yeah, they just they just don't feel very good by today's standards. Um, and to be honest, I would say that they also don't feel very good by let's say 2010 standards either. Okay. Fair. Uh, there, there are far better games. And what does this game cost? Like twenty bucks, thirty bucks? Uh, I'd have to look it up. Um, Find that out right now. I mean, it depends. Right. If this is a uh, remake or remastering that's they're releasing for like a budget price, it's one thing. If they're releasing this for a seventy dollars title, it's a different thing, right? They claim that they have ad well, monitor controls. Of your your complaints, your your ideas are uh, are pretty much uh, seem to be in um, twenty bucks, thirty bucks. Uh, oh, it's it's exactly. Hold on. Well, according to Steam, I was just gonna say it's yes, thirty bucks. Thirty bucks Canadian, twenty seven ninety nine Canadian. That's actually Steam. that's actually not that bad. Um, uh, they apparently have revamped controls, which I have to assume means that they basically have aligned the controls with what we expect today. Yeah. Because th- this was around the time when like Halo came out yeah, yeah. and uh, and stuff like that. So this was around the time when shooter controls were drastically changing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I do appreciate the fact that you know. You aim with your left trigger and you shoot with your right trigger and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, there's over the shoulder aiming, which I guess that really wasn't a thing back, you know, uh, in 2007. But the problem with that is also that quite often your character of Rogue will block the screen for you. Mm. Um, How helpful of them. And then, yeah, like I said before, they also uh, add some new difficulty modes, achievements, and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm having a hard time appreciating this game um i i can look at a game uh, you know that is from a long time ago and enjoy it you know i've been thinking about picking up six, uh, system shock 2 for a while now that's a good game it's a solid game i i just don't want to because i hear like a lot of people don't finish it because they do their build wrong oh yeah but i'm, I'm really i really want to play that game how mm-hmm. recent was that like have they had system release? shock was 1999 no no yeah. no, 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 no the the build like i mean have they Oh, they, they put it out a couple of years ago on Steam. Yeah. Every, every, every like, I, I look at that and go, yes, I want that. I look at Rogue Trooper and go, I don't want this. And it mostly comes down to the fact that just there are better games to play mm-hmm. with better controls. Right. Um, it, it, a lot of it comes down to controls and the AI. Yeah. yeah. Just standing there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just glaring at you. <laughs> just looking at you. <laughs> So Sounds amazing. Well, we'll have to. I mean, our listeners will have to really look forward to your review. Um, that's going to be coming up in the next week or so, I believe. Yes? No? Yes? Yeah, I'm working on it right now. Wicked. Good. <laughs> it'll, it'll be up soon. It's, uh, I'll get to you guys soon. You can put it up on the website. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, the final review will say everything, but my opinions of it right now are not high. Yeah. I, I look forward to reading it. So, Phil, you, speaking of reviews who just went up, you just recently uh, reviewed South Park, The Fractured But Whole for That's us. right. That's I right. I re- say it like that, The Fractured But Whole. Uh, thank you. You're well welcome. done. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did. Um, and, uh, yeah, I adored it. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, pre- the Stick of Truth, which I believe we gave Game of the Year that came. The year that came I think it might so. have been, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think so. Um, which was uh, a really great game. And, I, and at the time, it just more than anything else boggled my mind because... You know, because it was done at South Park Studios and because Trey Parker and Matt Stone actually wrote everything, that mm-hmm. it was a, a tie-in game that not only felt like you were playing the source material, but like was as funny as the source material, which I'd never 
even thought was possible in a video game, particularly <laughs> for like a 15 hour long narrative or what have you. And yeah. they struck out every other time they tried it. That N64 South Park game, mm. not worth your time. Well, yeah, but the thing was, the, they, Trey Parker and Matt Stone didn't write it. You know what I mean? Like, that was the yeah. difference, was that all of a sudden, like, creatives were actually in charge of it. It's supposed yeah. to video game people. Um, and so it was exciting to see that happen. I was excited for the follow up. And uh, it, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's as if you're playing the next episode. In the extended uh, video game season of South Park, that's cool. Um, it yeah, it play it plays really well. Uh, they've made some mild adjustments to it. It's a grid based uh, battle system system in the turn based battles, which allowed for a little bit more variance, and I enjoyed. But um, and uh, they've added new places to the town, so you can go to Raisins, you can go to um, uh, Shitty Pot of Town, you can go to uh, <laughs> the PC Principles there now. It's great. Um, it but it is one of those like rare games where I feel like. Um, the gameplay itself is almost secondary. Like what is important to it is how the writing and how uh, funny, like we know how how it looks. It looks like the show. We Mm -hmm. know how it plays. It plays like a standard RPG. Uh, The, the, um, what it comes down to is the writing and the, the writing I thought was fantastic and it was a really, really funny game. Um, It felt definitely like uh, last time, I, I definitely got the impression that they were doing certain outrageous, filthy things that they could have never been able to do on South Park before because in video games they had no sort of ratings board to deal with. Yeah, exactly. And then subsequently, uh, the game got banned in several countries as a result <laughs> of that. So they toned uh, down the graphicness slightly, but um, so there weren't moments in it. Uh, there weren't moments in it to the same extent of the original where it was like, oh my God, they that this is happening right now? Yeah. You, you don't uh, fight anyone underneath your father's testicles? No, no, no. <laughs> there's none of that. But there are some really like outrageous stuff in it. Um, in particular, um, there's a bit involving Jared Fogle that's unbelievable. <laughs> and there's a bit... Um, Jared Fogel, the subway guy, subway, for those people who don't know, right? Disgraced subway spokesperson, yes. yes. <laughs> um, and uh, there's also... Um, an extended plot about um, explaining uh, why the South Park Police Department is so focused on arresting black people in the town. <laughs> that is spectacular, and I really and and like felt strong enough they could have built an entire show around it. Yeah. So I thought it was fascinating that it got into the game. Um, and that's what I sort of liked about this one is where the last game was sort of uh, poking fun of video game conventions and children at play, and squeezing in as many references to the show and sex jokes as possible. This one. Felt like an attempt to in- include some some of the social commentary and satire they normally do in the show. The police plot being a big one. The other one being um, the way you sort of identify your character and choose your character's religion, uh, sexual identity, and race um, are is very very funny. The PC principle also comes into play there. And no matter what you choose, a gang of redneck shows up and beats you up for whatever your choice is. <laughs> and it's just sort of amusing that they use the sort of the constructed video game identity is yeah. a commentary on identity politics and a really funny way of doing it too. Um, and uh, yeah, I just thought, you know, if you like South Park, it's basically like a, a, a new season of South Park in playable mm-hmm. video game form and in a fun playing video game form. And nice. I love that these guys are doing it. I hope they do another one. I have a feeling they won't um, just because of the <laughs> like incredible time commitment. Yeah, yeah. But at yeah. the same time, who knows? I never thought they'd do a second one and they did. So... It's entirely possible, but yeah, if you... Eventually well, they did. <laughs> totally, yeah. So if you like South Park, um, I can't recommend it enough. It so fantastic. to quote Matt Parker and Trey Stone, mm-hmm. come on down to South Park and have yourself a time? Exactly. Right. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I played some things this week. I'm just going to go back to the, the Square Enix event I was at. So I talked a little bit about Secret of Mana, and um, uh, I mean, I only got to see... Here's the thing. When you're playing these like JRPGs on like these events, you only get 
short amounts of time to play with it. And this is the kind of thing I want to actually sink my teeth back into. But from the 20, 30 minutes I got to play of the game, um, again, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I really like the fact that I can play a game that's been upscaled in graphics. It's not, uh, like, it's not overly, like, don't expect, like, Final Fantasy 15 inspired gra graphics to it. It's, like, it's nice and cartoony and light, so it's keeping in tone with the original. Uh, but the music is phenomenal. Uh, the gameplay is the, it's the same game you remember, so it just looks prettier. And so, uh, yeah, that, that one should be fun. I can't wait to try that when it's coming out. Um, speaking of other things in that vein, so uh, the uh, Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition, I think, is coming out pretty soon, which is essentially Final Fantasy XV done for mobile. And instead of, like, the... It's, it's great. No, no, no. Bear with me. I said that, too. It's... Um, Brian's giving me this like insane look right now. Yeah, I wasn't going to comment on it. I was yeah. just see how long I could keep this going with me actually it's, giving you cues, but not actually giving yeah. the audience any like. No, he's got idea. he's got this great look. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, Ryan. It's gonna be good. So it's exactly the game, shot for shot, except uh, with a simple combat system that actually works on mobile, and uh, like little chibi characters of the of Noctis and Prompto and and Ignis and uh gladiolus so it looks it looks great it's it's fun it plays like the game it works really well and uh the only concern i have is that if i'm playing this on the bus it's a mobile game like if i'm in the middle of a battle i can't stop it in the middle yeah. of the battle without pausing the screen so uh it's kind of that but it looks good uh probably going to be totally worth it when it comes uh when it comes available and uh so that was fun what's the scope of this game do you have like the freedom to run around how oh, much have you like, not played final fantasy 15 at all i have played final fantasy 15 it's final fantasy 15 but on your phone literally the same game literally everything yeah, scaled down like scaled down not environments so much the environments are a little lighter but like like uh detail wise but like the care the characters are done in like a little chibi cartoony kind of form and that's about it does your car fly? I haven't. I didn't get that far. I only played about twenty or so minutes okay. of it. Can you I, drive I the car? I played the first boss. Is there a car? Pardon? Is there a car? Oh yeah, yeah, there's a car. It's exactly shot for shot Final Fantasy fifteen. Okay. Yeah, and I, I know the combat weird. actually does work. Like there's like this swiping mechanic that it's I, I, it didn't get as in depth as it could, but you can still do like the I, I can't remember the teleport spell thing that is instrumental to the combat system in fifteen. It's still all active time. Mm -hmm. You're still like battling. I mean, it's a little, it's more directional. It's not like you're not sitting there and actually like hitting things to, to you're pointing to things and they'll automatically attack it. So it's, it's more like playing part of that, but there's other things that you can do as you're going around, but highly okay. recommend it for mobile. Let's, I bet I'm not entirely sure of the price, so I'm going to hold off on the highly. Does it have cutscenes? Yeah, so, fully animated cutscenes, totally the, exactly like the the graphics that are in the actual thing. No, it is the, Final Fantasy fifteen. No, no. The question I was going to ask you is, does it have the new cutscenes? Apparently, they were going to add to make the story make sense. Uh, honestly, they didn't add much from the. T I played it from the beginning of the game. Okay. So from that point, nothing new that so I you, saw. I played yeah. it up until they discovered um, when they 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 had to go get the car fixed up, and they met Sid for the first time, and. They had to go rescue uh, the guy who is some guy. I forgot his name. He's in a he's in like this little cabin by himself. Yeah, he's in the cabin by himself, and you go fight a monster. Like I played up to that point, essentially. 
Um, and then um, I have one more thing to talk about. Brennan's telling me to wrap up, but I'm going to talk about I have hey, to talk aren't about. Aren't you the host? I am the host. So tell him to screw off. Yeah, screw off, Brendan. <laughs> what? Don't give me that look. Anyway, um, okay, so at E3, during Sony's press conference, they were very heavy on the VR that they were going to do. So Square Enix, of course, threw their hat into the ring with their own VR game. And again, it's out of the ever-expanding Final Fantasy XV universe. It's a fishing game called Monsters of the Deep, taking the fishing mechanic right out of the game. Why wasn't it riding a damn chocobo? No, 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 no. See, it sounds, it sounds like... It's not going to be that good, right? It was amazing. It was totally awesome. I looked at it and I'm like, I hated the fishing part of Final Fantasy 15. That was the least favorite part of the game. I'm sure other people have other opinions. But uh, the the VR experience of the whole thing, it plays very similar to the mechanics of the game. But it's just, there. there's more to it. And they, they add so much drama to it. So you open it opens up with uh, Prompto's there t- saying he's looking for his next muse for pictures. And then talks about Noctis being his buddy and doing really into fishing and so you sit in these various environments and you fish and go after monster fish and then you have to harpoon the monster fish and it's just it's really it sounds ridiculous it but d- it does yes it, it does. was a really fun exactly the kind of vr experience you want in a vr game that is supposed to be light and fluffy it was great and it looked pretty and it worked very well so but that should be out in, I believe November is when that one's coming out. I'm just saying that Ryan Chocobo is the obvious choice, and they didn't think about that, so they the screwed up. problem with VR, though, if you're doing something like that, that's really hard to create an environment and experience where you're not going to feel motion sickness with that vertical moving forward. You're stationary, but the world's moving around you. So you can have short experiences of that. Like I'm looking, thinking of like Thumper and like uh, Res, where you're... There's a bunch of stuff going on around you. You have to be very careful about how you'd implement that. Because with the Chocobo, it's not just forward moving. It'd be forward and up and down moving. Mm-hmm. So that would... I don't I don't know how my stomach would be able to handle that. I don't know. I have an iron stomach. There's a lot of roller coaster simulators out there, though. And they seem to be popular. Yeah. Whatever. This game's awesome. And if it works really well, and if it's as cool as the 20 minutes that I got to see, I can't wait to play this thing. But whatever. And I can't believe I'm saying that. I honestly can't believe I say that. But anyway. All right, guys. Uh, we've had quite a podcast today, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shall it's we been a journey. Mm-hmm. It's been a journey. And thank you, listeners, for coming with us on this journey. And if you like what you hear, you want to hear more about the things that we talked about, you can visit us at cgmagonline.com. You can like and subscribe to our podcast on the Buns Podcast Network or on Apple iTunes or any of your favorite podcast apps. Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. Podbean. Are we on Podbean? Podcast Republic. I don't know. I'm podcast just naming podcast things. I, I'm just... What's the, the one I like? Podcast. Podcast. Republic. That's the one I like. Okay, I get you guys through Google Music. Hey, no one there, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. are we? Cool. Yeah, that's well, where I get Google you guys Music. from. SoundCloud. As long as it's up. We love you, SoundCloud. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Facebook, CG Magazine. Or you can follow us on Instagram at cgmagonline, uh, CG and you can follow us on Twitter at cgmagonline. Everyone else, what's your Twitters? Bfry26. Bfry26. I am Bryological, B-R-Y-A, Logical. And I'm at that Phil Brown. And, and I'm at Lisa Awesome with no E's. Uh, thanks again to Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento for sponsoring the podcast. And from everyone here at CG Magazine, have a great week.